0: Can't find it on a map. Way back in the woods. It's everything I knew.
1: Welcome back to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Worzniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Please stay connected. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you are welcome to DM me through the Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Anything and everything to do with this podcast or the entertainment industry itself, I look forward to hearing from you. Joining me today on location in the Florida Panhandle at the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival. My guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who splits her time between here in the Panhandle and up in Nashville. She released four singles in the first six months of this year and is about to drop one more song in conjunction with the release of a new album. Four years ago, after a four-month-long competition that featured more than 800 artists from around the country, she was named the 2018 Nash Next Champion, which earned her a record deal with Big Machine Label Group. Home to the likes of Taylor Swift and Florida Georgia Line, among others. The video for a single she released in 2020 reached number one on the Country Network's Top 20 Countdown. And recently she paired with Country Road Road TV to create her own show called Camp the Country. You've been hearing a song of hers called Home. Home. Welcome to Now Here This Entertainment, Jesse Ritter.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Man, it's crazy. Day to day, it just feels like I get up, I feed the baby, maybe I go to a show, but when you lay it all out there, it's like, man, we have done some stuff in the last <laughs> few years.
1: I love getting that reaction from a guest when they go, I've done a lot of stuff. I've done a lot
2: of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's like when you look in the mirror every day, you don't notice the difference, but man, you. Yeah see someone you haven't seen in 10 years and they probably notice the difference
1: well said <laughs> well said yeah it it is it it becomes one of those things where you're so close to it that all these great things are piling up and until you take a step back or someone like me comes and reads them all off you go Wow, I guess I've done a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It's very encouraging. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me.
1: Yeah, well, and thank you for carving out a spot in your schedule to do this. What a busy time you're going through right now. Before we get into all that, though, let's have you first share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Home.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, Home is a really special song, and it was actually... The very first song I wrote for this new record. So I guess I started this one about five years ago. This mm. re- this project has really been five years in the works. And um, if you know anything about me and my family, my husband and I, we like to take these really long road trips in our RV, which is super fun and just So freeing and great for the creative mind. So for our honeymoon, we decided to take our first really big, long road trip together. So uh, we got married up in Missouri where my family is. And then um, we headed west and we passed through Springfield, Missouri, where I had lived when I was really little and uh, just to give you a little bit of backstory, my family lived there and then my dad got sick. He had cancer for mm-hmm. several years and he passed away when I was 12. Um, but we found this piece of property that my family had lived on before. Let we... me
1: interrupt you. Thank you for smiling because I was starting to get like tears in my eyes and a cry in my <sighs> throat. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting something heavy, not to mention so early. And I'm getting a little I emotional. And so thank you for turning the corner oh, there and, and smiling and
0: you
2: know I mean my my dad and his whole journey is part of my story and it's really part of so many of the songs on this record but I mean but he he passed away when I was 12 and I'm turning 30 this year so I am at this place where I can talk about it without tearing up every time although if I talk about it too much I probably will but I mean it's just part of the story and you can't you can't know where I am and where these songs came from without knowing that piece of information because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, he he really runs through this whole record. I feel like, I mean, songwriting is, is uh, definitely a coping mechanism and maybe even more than that, like a way to process your thoughts and emotions. And I think really with this record, I kind of took that whole experience and processed it through song. I mean, he was in and out of the hospital for seven years. Mm. So it was a big, it was a really big part of my uh. life growing up. Except you know when he was healthy, the good times were so good um, and part of that was on this this farm we lived in so before he got too too sick and we had to move and uh, be closer to family, we lived on this amazing property. It was a hundred acres out in the woods, uh, and we had a tree house out back, and we had our own garden and rode four wheelers around and the neighbor's farm was right there and he had all these cows and we'd go run through the cow fields i mean it was just like a little country girl dream and when my husband and i took our honeymoon road trip we passed by this this property and i was like we've got to go see it again and so we eventually found it on the map and it took a while but we we got there Mm. and it was exactly like we'd left it like whoever uh, had the property had moved out and someone else was moving in. It was kind of a in-between period. And so the house was completely empty. Like now the how day much we time had, had gone
1: by between the day that you left it and this time when you and, you and your new husband are now showing up there.
2: Let's see. So in the song I say 20 years can change a lot, but I think we moved away when I was seven and I went back when I was 25. So almost 20 yeah, years yeah. Wow. really. I mean, it just—it was. I mean, a long I know the time. house
1: that I just moved out of a little more than three years ago. I drove by it not that long ago, and it already looks a lot different. And so, for you, that's almost like the presence of your dad is like I'm going to hold yeah. on to this, honey, because I'm going to be with you. I'm holding up air quotes, audience. You know, yeah. on your wedding day and in your honeymoon, in this special moment that you're going to show up at, at where we used to be.
0: It
2: was it was amazing. Now, I will say, uh, the little cabin that we lived in is now the guest house and they built the biggest mansion I have ever seen (laughs) next door. So that was different. And I'm talking two kitchens, an indoor swimming pool, a hunting range. I have never seen anything like this house. I got on Zillow. I had to look at pictures. (laughs) (laughs) So that monstrosity is next door, but the little cabin we lived in is still there. Exactly the same. And, you know, I say, um, tree house in the back still has my name on the wall. And it really does. I went mm. to the tree house in the back and I had painted horses and kittens on the walls and on the fence, I had written my name and, and it's all still painted there. Cool I mean, if you that? watch the music video, you can see it. Wow. So it was just an amazing experience. And I think everybody has a place, you know, whether it's a house you moved out of three years ago or where your parents grew up that holds these memories that for some reason, you know, don't belong to you anymore. So did you write
1: the song right away? Like in that moment, let's say, oh my gosh, I have to write this right now.
2: Yeah. So we were there. I of course wanted to look in the window walked right up to the front door. I like had no shame. And my brand new husband is like mortified. He's like the police are going to show up. We do not belong here. I'm like obviously no one is here. The house is empty and there's a pile of Amazon packages on the front porch. But he was uh, way more nervous than I was. So he's like we don't belong here. We need to go. And You're, that, like, you're that, like
1: hun, i I'm looking in the window. I'm not opening the Amazon packages. I know right. See I
2: do have some boundaries. But he's like we don't belong here. And that that was what the chorus is I know I don't belong here anymore. I mean, like word for word came out of that. That experience. So we walked.
1: Audience, how much do I love when a guest sings during <laughs> the party? It's so rare. And I love when a guest just will spontaneously sing, even if it's a lyric or, or two. I, I love that. So thank you for doing that, especially because you didn't know that. So I love that you oh, did that.
2: good, good. That makes me happy. Um, so did
1: you write it by yourself? I imagine yeah, you had to.
2: Yeah, by myself. So he eventually convinced me to leave. We walked down the hill again, and we got back in this little camper van we were traveling in. And literally, before we pulled away, I sat down on the floor I pulled out my guitar I was crying and I wrote this song and if you listen to the lyric that's why there's so much space in the verses because I was actively crying and like Mm. just trying to breathe and get through it and that's one of those songs that came out in 20 minutes and then I kind of looked back at the lyrics and it was like oh wow this like stirred up more in my heart than I even Mm. knew when we were walking around. All right,
1: stop, Uncle. This is too. This is too emotional. Oh goodness. Okay, uh, we can talk about a different okay. song next. Well, well home is <laughs> home is off a, is a song off your brand new album, which is titled Little Town in America, and this is so great. Has twelve songs on it, and yeah. folks, coincidentally, on last week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, which was also recorded here at the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival, I was gushing over the fact that Michael McMillan had 12 songs on his album last year, 15 on the one before that, 12 on the one before that, 14 on the one before that. So Jesse, share with us all about Little Town in America, including not only the great strategy that I love that you employed with it having availability exclusively on your website first, and then later on streaming platforms, but also the usual details, you know, where you recorded it you know, was it here? Was it Nashville? Was it maybe both who you worked with on it? And and you mentioned, you know, five years ago. So it sounds like it's all the details.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I think it's really cool that you mentioned the release strategy. I had never done that before, but you know, it is almost impossible to make any money from music these days streaming is just I mean it's negligible income unless you have really really massive numbers and as a small independent artist I don't yet Um, but I do have people who a dedicated fan base who's interested in the music and they will stream it um, and they're going to find it wherever they can so I just kind of gave everyone a opportunity to before it's on itunes and everything else to buy it directly from my website and i sold more cds with this project than i ever have because for you know six months that was the only way you could listen to it congratulations
1: thank you i'm happy to hear that i love it
2: thank you it was just something different and and uh, i was really happy we gave that a shot because it and it really you know gave the the true fan base a way to come through early and support the music and Um, And and listen early. So that was awesome. I have been writing for the project for I wrote songs for about three years. And it's been about a two year process of recording and releasing everything. Um, I really I'm doing everything independently. So I really wanted to go slowly so that one, I could um, put the money into it that I wanted to. So I just keep playing shows and it's
1: a good strategy actually.
2: Yeah. Playing shows, putting a little bit aside so I can fund it kind of, um, incrementally and, and make it really what I want it to be. Mm. And, um, Yeah, just just take it slowly and enjoy the process. Uh,
1: So then where did you record it? Here or in Nashville? In Nashville. Nashville. So we
2: recorded most of the songs at Parlor Studio um, on Music Row, which Robin Reddy owns, who I met at the Pensacola Beach Songwriter Festival in 2018. Oh my gosh. She's an an incredible instrumentalist and songwriter, and she actually co-wrote The Sand and the Sea with me, which is the one beach song on the record. (laughs) So that all kind of tied in, and we used her studio. And it was great, and we hired a uh, session players in Nashville. Uh, basically, we had Dirks Bentley's band from his early two thousands record. Uh, we had um, Brian Sutton on drums. We had J.T. Kornfloss on electric guitar and that was one of the last recording sessions he played before he passed Mm. away. He's won Guitar Player of the Year like nine times I think. So I mean the band we had was just Out of this world. It was a dream recording studio, having all those people together. Oh, I messed that up. Brian Sutton uh, played guitar. Steve Brewster was on drums. (laughs) But the band, incredible, incredible players, kind, intuitive. These guys play on everyone's record, from Dirks to Carrie Underwood to Jason Aldean. And here I am, Jesse Ritter, this girl who's much younger than them, really being the CEO of my own project. And they treated me with such respect. I love it. They were such professionals. I was blown away.
1: Let's not overlook here the really great idea that Jesse just gave out kind of indirectly. But for those of you in the audience who are aspiring artists... And are doing the approach where you get everything ready and all of a sudden you're ready to record you go oh i don't know that i'm gonna have enough money to do this so i love jesse how you kind of walked us through that of well keep writing and keep working towards the project but keep doing gigs and keep saving up and Having an eye on this is where I want to get to, and this is what my budget's going to need to be. So don't yeah. all of a sudden be sticker shocked because, okay, now I'm ready to do it. Oh gosh, that's how much I'm going to need.
2: Yeah. So I had in my head I wanted to make an album. I knew the way I wanted to do it. So I was kind of saving for years while we were writing. And then I paid for the whole album when we did it. But then, you know, I saved up for another year and then made a music video Mm. and another year and made another one. You know, don't be afraid to take it slow because you'll be so happy with with the product. And if the songs are good enough, they're not going to lose. They're going to stand the test of time, even if it takes five years before they make it out in the world.
1: And one important detail, audience. So we're talking about this new album of Jessie's that is currently only available on her website, but it will be out on all streaming platforms November 18th. We are releasing November 2nd, so please support Jesse and just go get it from her website. Don't wait for the 18th because you're going to get the personal connection of supporting an independent artist.
2: Thank you. It would mean the world to me, really.
1: <laughs> Folks, it was a seven-hour drive for me up to the Florida Panhandle from down in Tampa, and yes, I binged listened to one of my favorite podcasts, well... That is if you consider three almost 60-minute long episodes as binge listening. I don't know what the cutoff is for that. And it's co-hosted by three celebrities, so you know they have terrific audio quality. They also have, my gosh, a handful of sponsors. Me, I'm proud and happy to have one. Focusrite is a name that's synonymous with great quality audio. Recording projects, it's like... Why bother doing them if the finished product is not going to be great sonically? You get what you pay for, right?
2: I have a focus right, I love it.
1: See? See? You can find a free way to cobble together your podcast or your voiceover project or get your live stream out, but the quality will suffer greatly and your small audience will go away. Or you can get the Vocaster, which is what Jesse and I have our microphones connected to and my headphones also, and then it's just USB'd into my computer, And because it's compact and portable, I can take it with me like this on the road, but then I can also use it at the center of my recording rig back at home. So by the way, that means that the software that comes with the Vocaster can be installed on more than one computer. Take a look at the Vocaster 1 and the version that I have, the Vocaster 2, to see which is best for what you're doing. Either watch the unboxing video for the Vocaster that I did on my YouTube channel to find the link in the description, Or just go to my podcast website, nhte.net, and in the right-hand column on desktop, or by way of scrolling down past the block of social media logos if you're on mobile, tap or click on the Vocaster ad, which says Tell the World, to go over to the Focusrite website to get all the details. Jesse, in the intro, I referred to some things that I think might confuse people as to this new album of yours that we're talking about, Little Town in America. So let's walk through some of these different developments that you've been through. Before we get to the Nash Next competition, (laughs) what were you doing before that musically?
2: Yeah. So I, I didn't come from a musical family, everyone in my family's physicians and I'm like the black sheep. My sister actually (laughs) just finished medical school. She's a real ER doctor now, which I can't believe. Um, but I always had a heart for music and so I really wanted to be immersed in it. So I went to Belmont in Nashville, Tennessee for college. And that was the first time in my life I was surrounded by people who played music, and it was. But so that means you came
1: from Missouri to go away, specifically to Belmont for music. Yeah. Okay.
2: I turned eighteen and left home, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, that was awesome. And then I graduated college with a music degree, and nobody cared. And I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life.
1: Had you already been doing music in Missouri though, before you left? I mean, is that why you said, okay, uh, next step is I'm going to go to college at Belmont.
2: Yeah. So, you know, as soon as I got my license, when I was 16 years old, I started putting a PA system in the trunk and I played wineries (laughs) all over Southeast Missouri. That was really the first thing I did. And I loved it. And I just knew, I knew I wanted to, to, to do music Mm. and give it a shot and, you know, see if, if I really could, could couldn't
1: take a crack at it. So then that had to be very eye opening when all of a sudden you graduate from Belmont and you're like, Hey, I have this music degree, everybody. And they go, yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, no, nobody asked to see that (laughs) diploma. So I just, I had to figure out what was I going to do now that I was an adult and going to need to support myself doing music. And so I got a job with Carnival Cruise Line.
1: Ah, brilliant.
2: It was the perfect transition because I performed six nights a week. I sang all different kinds of music. I mean, I learned so much on those stages and I got a paycheck every two weeks and I was able to save most of that and work super hard and then come back on land with a little bit of a cushion to figure out how to play my own music.
1: And you got to see some cool sights and you got to like lay around by the pool. And it's like, this isn't such a bad life.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) I did a contract sailing out of Sydney, Australia, and we went to Fiji. And then my next contract, we sailed from Barcelona to Athens. I never would have believed that music would take me all those places.
1: Wow. We're just meeting each other for the first time. Okay. We met last night. We're just meeting each other for the first time, but I'm sorry. I have to say my heart is not breaking for you. Those are some amazing locations that here you are right out of college. You're like, "Ah, I'll go sing six nights and we can get paid for it and get to see Barcelona and all these cool places.
2: It was so cool. I would have never, ever, ever imagined my life taking that turn. And there was some hard things about living and working on a cruise ship. It was kind of lonely because there is no going home. You're out for a Mm. long time. Um, You don't really have cell service, but the experience is just unlike anything else.
1: But so wait, so at what point did you become a songwriter? The beginning of time.
2: I mean, I've been writing songs since I was like seven years old.
1: So when you were driving around to the wineries and you were on carnival, you were already writing songs. Wow. I was
2: already writing. I was already, and I had put out a five song EP in college. Mm. So that was my first project. So I got to sing some of those songs and sell that record when I was out on the ships, Ah. which is really cool. But mostly we were singing Motown and disco and pop and it was fun, but it wasn't my music and it wasn't really a step toward my artistry although it was an incredible experience. And the end goal was always my show's original music, and I knew we'd get there eventually. It just was a winding path.
1: Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it had to be tremendous... I'm going to say rehearsal is probably a better word but for your just vocally mm-hmm. but also great training in terms of stage presence.
2: Oh yeah, when I started I was like, "Hi, we're the band Welcome to the Carnival Sensation. It's 80s Night." And by the end I was like, "Welcome to the Sensation, ladies and gentlemen. It is 80s Night. Are you
0: ready to party?" I mean, like completely different. I, I it was a
2: really really good practice. I love it. I love
1: it. Okay. So then take us through the Nash Next competition, not the prize and what happened after that, because we will get to that, but, but the format of the competition, how many times you had to perform, you know, were you doing covers, originals, both? Was this one night? Was it one week, one month, six months? Were you nervous, excited, confident, just all those details.
2: (laughs) Oh goodness. So it wasn't too many like events, but it did stretch over a few months. So I think first, Um basically Nash Next is kind of like American Idol, but it's only for country music, and it was hosted by Cumulus Radio. Mm -hmm. So every Cumulus radio station in the country hosted a local competition. So there was one here in Pensacola, because there's a station here, and then there was one down in Fort Walton, which is the one I entered. And uh you submitted songs to the station, and then a handful of people who submitted that music got picked to perform locally Mm -hmm. and compete. And honestly, I had only moved to Florida like a year before this competition, and I wanted to get more gigs. I just wanted some more recognition locally. So I thought if I could win the local radio stations competition, maybe I could get more work.
1: And this was post-Carnival Cruise Lines.
2: Post-Carnival, just trying to get my footing and be able to perform my music on the coast. I never expected I was going to win the whole thing. I mean, by sheer numbers alone, this was a huge competition. Her eyes just
1: got really big audience (laughs) when she said that. Like, she still can't believe it now, even though she did. (laughs) I
2: know. I mean, it was just, I hoped, I hoped I could win the local one. And I believed in myself enough to do that. But I never thought the whole thing. So I won here, and it did exactly what I wanted. I got a lot more work. People started recognizing my name, and that was awesome. And then a couple weeks later... Nash next put out the list of finalists that they had chosen from all of the uh, radio stations around the country, and ten of us got to go to Nashville to compete. I won in Fort Walton just down the road, and then Pearl Clarkin won the Pensacola um competition. She's also in the songwriter festival here and we both made the finals. So we both got to go up, which was really cool to have somebody I actually knew yeah. go there with me, especially since it was a national competition yeah. and uh, 10 people performed for the finals at the wild horse. And these were all great people. I mean, they had some of the contestants had been on the voice before. Mm. I mean, everyone was fantastic. So I think by the time I got there, I wasn't nervous because it wasn't a matter of who's going to do good and who's going to mess up. And I knew that we were all prepared. We were all going to rock it. And it was just what was the label looking for?
1: Mm. Now, were you singing covers or originals when you went to that?
2: We all got to sing one original song.
1: Nice. So I sang
2: Meet Your Mother off of my 2018 record, Coffee Every Morning. And I think, well, one, my band was amazing. It was all Belmont people and Uh. all people I knew really well. So that helped. We had a great band. But I think just a lot of my personality shines through on that song. And I wasn't trying to do anything other than show them who I was. And I think... I think that went a long way.
1: I like that you said that because it's a case of people going up there and, when I say overthinking it, they try too hard. So I love that you said, just trying to show them who I am.
2: That's yeah. That. And I mean, labels are looking for specific things, but they're also looking for uniqueness and individuality. And honestly, If I'm going to work with anyone at this point, they have to be excited about what I'm already doing because it takes way too much effort to try and be
1: anything else. Well, and not to mention that if you're going to try and be something else because that's what you think they want, it's kind of like telling a lie. Like, I have to remember what the lie is and I have to continue to carry Mm -hmm. that. So it's like, well, I went up there and I didn't be myself. I was trying to be what I think the label is looking for. And now if they like it, now you have to stick with that quote-unquote phoniness, for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah.
2: Now, I will say I won. I got signed. And basically what the thing was was you win like a one-song record deal. Oh,
0: okay. So
2: it was a single-song deal. It lasted for about a year and a half. And there were options to extend. um, But obviously they didn't because I'm independent again. But when we were together and we were looking for this song and kind of this next chapter... I kind of got my first introduction to what it's like working with a major and working with someone else who gets to call the shots because they wanted me to record a song from one of their writers. Mm. They didn't want me to record one of my own songs, which really hurt as a songwriter. Yeah, And I didn't really know what to do with that situation. So we picked a song that... um, a handful of their writers had created and I I like it and it's super fun and I think it fits with my songs well but even still every time I perform it there's something odd about not having written it and mm-hmm. I know a lot of artists um, cut songs that they don't write but I just hadn't done that before because I am I feel like a writer first mm. so that was kind of a new waters to tread working with someone and picking a song and it took us a long time to agree on a song to Mm. cut um but then eventually it turned out into something i was really proud of and i really like but it was just
1: a different journey it sounds like as you went through that it sounds like and i'm touching my belly audience like it felt like here you were thinking this isn't what I want. I'm going to do this because this is part of what I won. But I, this isn't. I don't want to re up when when it comes to that.
2: Yeah, it was just different. And I honestly, I think if they would have given me time to write, that they would have seen a much different side of me. Because yeah. when I won, I had literally just put out an album.
1: Okay, I know that Jesse and I are getting deep in the weeds here, and I'm actually going to ask her to clarify something even further, but first, it's important that I do this. We had Peter Link on the show a while back, and in fact, specifically, that was on episode 372. And if you enjoyed that conversation, then season three of his Scattershot Symphony will pique your interest. It's called Rosemary and Time, and it's a 16-episode podcast musical. Think of it like a modern day Christmas nativity story. God takes a look at today's world and really does not like what he sees. So he decides to send his old trusty angel, Gabriel, on a mission. The miracle tale takes place in the backcountry of Skeedy, Oklahoma, population 139, about a backcountry girl, soon to be a woman, named Time Quinn. You get it? Rosemary and Time, T H Y M E. And she is soon to be the wife of the town's only preacher slash carpenter, the Reverend Josiah Washburn. One New York theater critic wrote, quote, The incredible Peter Link, along with Reagan Courtney, and his merry band of very talented singers slash performers have come up with a revolutionary retelling of the Christmas story via musical podcast. And if episode one is any indication, you are in for a treat. You're gonna love it. End quote. Pretty cool, right? That a New York theater critic writes about a podcast. Scattershot Symphony is available at watchfiremusic.com or your favorite podcasting app, with the exception of Spotify, however. Help me understand the timing of this, because the deal ends, and you mentioned before that when you were in the National X competition, you did a song off of your Coffee Every Morning album. Mm -hmm. But I thought that after... Big Machine label group. I thought that that's when you did Coffee Every Morning because I know you were happy that you made the album. So am I getting it wrong? Yeah, so
2: I actually, I made Coffee Every Morning in 2018 and I released it like a week before winning Nash Next. It had just come out. Okay. So I had just put out this set of songs um, that I was super proud of and I did make independently but, like, I didn't have a lot of material to work with because I had just released what I thought was my best work. Mm-hmm. And so then they were looking for a song immediately. I see. And um, I, I just, part of me wishes we would have had a couple months to write and yeah. discover some of these songs that made it onto the next record. Mm. And I wonder what would have happened. But that's a unproductive what if game because yeah. if they would have loved it and if we would have stayed together little town in america would never sound exactly. the way it does as i was
1: gonna say it's a, it's a classic case of everything happens for a reason yeah i'm joined today on location in the florida panhandle at the pensacola beach songwriters festival by singer songwriter guitar player jesse ritter visit her official website at com. i will have a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website nhte.net So much to see on her website once you land there, including a shop button that has such an extensive and cool line of merchandise. Everything from her original music, of course, to T-shirts, baby clothes, tote bags, coffee mugs, even flip-flops and tote bags. I think I said tote bags twice. That's how cool they are. Also, on jessierinder.com, you'll see logos all the way down at the very bottom for Jessie on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Her music is also available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Here comes a shameless plug, all three of which are platforms that you can hear the show on. (laughs) Do give Jesse a follow on Spotify and SoundCloud, but support her by purchasing her music from her website or from iTunes. Look also on jessyritter.com for the tour section to see where and when you can go see her perform live. When you start looking her up, you're going to see lots of pictures online of Jesse wearing hats. Me? On my head, I wear headphones. Not for fashion reasons, obviously, but these have become so nice and comfortable thanks to the good people at Deconi Audio. Notice that I said they've become so nice and comfortable. That's because the ear pads that were originally on these headphones started flaking, you know, peeling. The pleather started breaking up, and I would have black pieces left behind on my ears and or falling on my shirt. Daconi, I met them in person at the NAM show in Anaheim. They simply asked me, what brand of headphones are they and which model and boom they had replacement ear pads that i was able to put on in place of the ones that were breaking up so if you're a musician a gamer a podcaster an audio engineer basically if you have headphones and the ear pads are old and or worn and or uncomfortable this is the solution especially for long sessions, or even for watching movies on airplanes. There's an unboxing video on my YouTube channel showing how my headphones did look and then me putting on the new pads from Daconi. Go watch that and then hit the link in the video description or on my podcast website, nhte.net. Tap or click on the Daconi Audio logo, which is in the right-hand column on desktop, or scroll way down on mobile to see it just below the block of social media logos. Jesse, back in the intro, I mentioned about a video that you did that reached number one on the Country Network's Top 20 Countdown. The song is Home, which we played at the beginning and on your YouTube channel. This month, the video turns two years old, close to 11,000 views. I watched it. I really have to compliment you and whoever worked on it, including getting all the footage incorporated from when you were a little girl. And plus, I'm putting together now that we're talking that, that that was I was sensing this as I was watching it. Is this the home that she grew up in where the video was shot and you're sitting yeah. on the porch and singing and playing?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was, uh, it was was a spiritual experience to go back and make all this happen. So when I wrote the song, that was kind of an impromptu visit out of nowhere. Um, and then eventually I did a little detective work and I figured out who bought the house and I got in contact with them and I actually asked permission to come film the video. And it was just a perfect, perfect day. Uh, I brought my husband with me to help out with things. And actually my brother-in-law filmed everything. Ah. So it was just very intimate. We were all super comfortable with each other. We knew what we wanted to create. And, uh,
1: but did you kind of storyboard it first?
2: Yeah. Jay, my brother-in-law, he he, uh, does a really good job of producing and having it all in his head. And I told him like, I want the treehouse in there and I want a film sitting on the porch and we had all these locations just right around the house and and then we talked about incorporating the home video and oh my gosh that was just beautiful but but painful to mm. go watch all those hours of footage and pick the moments ah. we wanted to include and and I gave my brother-in-law jay quite a bit of video to choose from and he just picked the most beautiful moments Mm. and surprised me with it and i couldn't be more happy with how it turned out and i think because it is so special and just so honest i think that's why it went to number one and i'm amazed because it is very personal and very specific but Other people have no problem finding their own story in there. I get so many comments. Oh, my gosh. This reminds me of my grandma's farm Mm. we used to go to. Or this reminds me of whatever house we moved away from. Everybody has that place. And I don't know if I'll ever go back to that farm again. So to make that video and Mm. kind of have that memorialized in that way was something I wanted to do for me
1: well and let's face it it doesn't even really have to be a farm setting because earlier on when you were talking about the song I was picturing the childhood home that I grew up in which was suburban so it was by no means a farm but it's those memories that come back it's what did it actually look like back then yeah so that's why so many people connected in this case with the video but obviously the song
2: yeah yeah it just I mean that's what you want as a songwriter it's not it's not about you it's not about me it's about uh it's about whoever's listening and and what it means to them.
1: So you also have a new video that's coming out for a song called Wild Horses. (laughs) Share with the audience not only about what the video will look like but who you did the song with.
2: Oh my gosh I'm so excited. So I'm super excited I haven't even seen this video yet. (laughs) It's brand new. We just filmed it. It's in production right now. Um, But it will come out at the end of this year, November December-ish. But it's a really fun song. It's one of my favorite songs on the track. It's called Wild Horses and it's just about this Wild free adventurous love again road trip things it talks about um trade our roots in for wheels new dirt beneath our heels like picking up putting everything in the van going and uh my first coffee every morning record I wrote almost every song by myself and we made it in studio me and my producer Jim Lil pretty much between the two of us made all the music ourselves Mostly Jim played a lot of the instruments. This record, I really wanted it to be a collaborative experience. So I made a point of co-writing a lot. Mm. And I made a point of getting a live band together so we could all record together. And I really wanted to do a feature. So bring it all the way back to the cruise ship days. I am singing on the ship in Australia in the band. And this wonderful couple comes on as guests. And they start talking to us, and we become friends in just a couple days. They're on board. Well, their names are Mick and Lauren, and they are a musical duo called Leaving Lennox. They got to know us. They got hired by Carnival. They did a couple contracts themselves and eventually ended up moving to Nashville, where we were able to see wow. each other more often and become really good friends. Wow. And now. Years later, they are singing on my record on this track, Wild Horses. How crazy is that? And I wanted to feature them because they are adventure. They did the cruise ship thing like I did, and they took this risk to move to America together and pursue music. Mm. I mean, they just, they have that Wild Horses spirit in them.
1: So are they in the
2: video? They're in the video. Where
1: was the video shot in Nashville?
2: In Destin. Oh, so it just all worked out. They were down here for a corporate gig and I was like, let's, let's do the video together. So, I mean, it really is everything you want when you're doing a project like that. We're friends. It's authentic. They were the perfect people to sing it with me. It was a total full circle musical moment. And, I just can't wait to see it. It's going to be a really fun video.
1: Why is this not a video podcast? You should see her how excited she is. I mean, like your whole, your whole body position change and everything you just lit up when you, when I asked you about the video. So clearly it's something that you're really proud of. And even though you haven't seen it excited about,
2: I mean, I feel like every project I do changes a little. So like the nothing but you video, the song I put out with big machine, it was just me in a truck bed, one scene. Just that. And then the home music video, we went to the farm. There was a bunch of settings. We incorporated the home video footage. Then I did a video for a song, Grandma's Closet. I had some of my family members involved. It was a little bit bigger production. And then the Wild Horses was just like a whole nother level on the beach with my friends. My husband actually got involved. I convinced him to play my love interest. Oh, I can't was, wait to
1: see it. You're doing, you're doing a great job of, of oh, I'm so building excited. anticipation. Yeah, And the
2: sunset was like no other. It of was course, like nothing I've seen course. before. It was perfect.
1: So It's funny because as you're describing all this and I'm just watching the planets align to make this all happen the expression you can't make that up is coming into my head but don't get me started on that because there's this whole tangent i'll go off on when people say you can't make this up it's like yeah you actually can (laughs) you actually can make this up again it would be a pretty comprehensive i don't want to say lie but anyhow i digress you also since we're talking about videos Let's shift over to something else I alluded back to in the intro. You have a new show on country road TV called camp, the country with Jesse Ritter.
2: Yes. Yeah. So again, it all kind of ties in this adventure theme, this road trip. So, so much of that was coming through in my music. Um, I guess it, it was noticed. And so, um, country road TV is kind of this like old fashioned lifestyle country network. And, um, they were really excited about kind of highlighting what I'm doing with my music and with camping and traveling the country. And they thought their viewers would really be interested in seeing that. And so. Um, I've shot two seasons. The first season is already out and basically it's just me vlogging while we were on tour. It's all filmed with my cell phone. It's, but it's really fun, really genuine, really authentic. And we're hoping, uh, you know, if the first season does well, we can up the production and do things a I little cooler. Say, why
1: aren't they here? Why aren't they shooting us doing this interview?
2: I know, <laughs> I know we'll get there someday, baby steps. But the first season is, um, us, my husband and I going around KOA Campgrounds, Campgrounds of America in Florida, playing shows. It was a great little tour. Mm-hmm. And so we filmed the whole thing and Country Road put it out on their website and... It's really cute.
1: My husband and I playing shows. So is he a musician?
2: No, no, no. But um, I do love when he comes with me. I'm the only one performing, okay. but he helps in so many ways. It's oh, a team I'm, effort. I get it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%, 100%. He's my driver,
2: my merch guy. So then where
1: can people find... Camp the Country with Jesse Ritter.
2: So it's on countryroadtv.com. And um, it's kind of like a Netflix thing. So there is a paywall to watch their shows, but there's also a 30-day free trial. So Hello. if you just want to watch Camp the Country, <laughs> you can do that for you free. Can binge watch.
1: That's what we are going to do. We're going to watch Camp the Country with Jesse Ritter. All right. Performing at, at KOA campgrounds, performing in people's homes, meaning house concerts, and presently doing shows here at the Pensacola Beach Song Artists Festival, I'm getting the sense that you really embrace these intimate environments like we're seeing at the event that we're here for.
2: Yeah, I really do. I mean, I love it when people can listen to the lyrics. And I think you're going to find that most in listening rooms and in-house concert settings and songwriter festivals. I mean, it's just... As a songwriter, that's what you want. You want people to really hear what you're saying. On the other hand, I had like three full band shows this week with like a thousand people there. So it just depends on the setting. I was going to (laughs) say,
1: let the record show that if there's anyone in the audience that wants to book her for a big fair festival, whatever, she's happy to play in front of thousands of people. Yeah, we do everything.
2: (laughs) I think our biggest show was when we got to open for Hunter Hayes. There was like 15,000 people there. Wow. It was a day I will never forget. What
1: city was that in?
2: It was here in Pensacola Ah. on the Navy base. Wow. We got asked to come up and be the opening act and it was just magical. Wow. Magical. Wow. So, mm. a little bit of everything. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, we're in the home stretch, but I cannot leave out one other facet of all this, which is that as of approximately a year and a half ago, you're a mom.
0: Oh, my gosh. So,
1: I mentioned when I was giving out your website info that there are baby bodysuits in the shop section. Plus, I'm sure your little guy is going to be the source of inspiration for a lot of songs that you'll be writing. But talk about continuing on with music despite having a little one because clearly you have not slowed down what with October alone, seeing you not only at the Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival, but bookings elsewhere in Florida, as well as in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, Louisiana, plus Mobile and one other spot in Alabama.
2: Yeah, yeah. He was a game changer, but... We're figuring it out. And I will be honest, it has not been easy. It is really a challenge to figure out how much am I comfortable with being away? How much do I need to be away? I feel like I'm much more selective about my shows because it looks like I'm busy now, Mm -hmm. but I used to play five days a week. Mm. I mean, I was extremely busy Mm. and I've really honed that down to You know, honed it down to playing Friday and Saturday nights Hmm. and trying to focus on weekend gigs Um, because I want to be there for bedtime. I don't want to be on the road constantly. He is the center of my world now. And I think, you know, I've always written songs about family and I don't know, living the kind of life that I really would be proud of. And I I think putting him first is only going to make the music better because that is what I want to write about. And so it's been an adjustment. My husband and I had a lot to figure out this year, but I feel like a year and a half in, we are kind of finding the balance. And this week is busy. We're at the songwriter festival, but next week I don't have anything until Friday. You know, Mm -hmm. it's an ebb and flow and we have to work together and we still make date night a priority so we can have a little time, just us. But I'm not going to be the person who's on tour for three months at a time right now.
1: I was just going to say that I admire you because, well, I admire you for a lot of reasons. (laughs) I admire you because in this case, it's very easy to give into the temptation of, I'll just call it the spotlights, but meaning being in some other city on whatever night and, well, let me FaceTime to say goodnight to him. And he gets to know mommy through the phone instead of through her touch right next to him.
2: Yeah. And you know, I heard, um, I think it was Natalie Hemby who was doing an interview. And if you know anything about country songwriters, you know, her, she's incredible. She's in the high women, but she said, babies bring good luck. And they really do. I mean, I got offered my first big time management deal while I was pregnant Mm. and I had to kind of tell them, you know, look, this is the era we're going into. And I think that put the brakes on a lot of things, but you know, this is the area era of my life I'm in. And I think great opportunities are going to come. But I think with those great opportunities, it will let me continue to be selective. And, and hopefully, I mean, I pray I do a good job of choosing what is good to take and when it's important to be with him. But I do think that it is important to keep music a part of my life, because I think without it, I don't think I'd be a very good mom because it is where so much of my passion comes from. Well, I
1: mean, we're hearing, you know, how long music has been a part of your life. And let's face it, you have accomplished quite a bit. So to just all of a sudden quit cold turkey. I mean, you're recognizing this little blessing that you have in your life now. And you're also saying, I don't want to see his first steps on a video a couple hours later. I don't want to hear his first words on a voice memo you know, through a text message or whatever. So God bless you because it's obviously a very tough balance to strike, but it sounds like you're, you're doing your best because here you are at the festival and this whole list, I just read off of everything that you're saying, Oh, that's nothing. But, you know, now having a 16 month old and still pulling off all that.
2: It's its really exciting. I will say I played a show this weekend. and um, at halftime I got a video of him playing the harmonica for the first time so <laughs> there will be some things I miss but if he's playing music while I'm playing music and everybody's happy I think we're doing okay. <laughs> Maybe in
1: 20 years someone will be interviewing him and he'll say first instrument. I mean does it count that I played the harmonica when I was a little baby? <laughs> oh it counts. It counts for sure. We're going to close today with another one of Jesse's original songs, the title track, actually, to her brand new album, Little Town in America. Jesse, before I let you go and I play that song, share with the audience all about this one, if you would, please.
2: Yeah. So Little Town in America is really a tribute to Cape Girardeau, Missouri. That's my hometown. That's where I grew up most of my life. It's a little town south of St. Louis on the Mississippi River. And it just... It it's a beautiful place. I mean, my favorite line in the song is there's nothing to do but fall in love. And I mean, that's really what we did. We drove around in pickup trucks and we went to the park and we went fishing and we rode our bikes around town and just great friendships and family dinners on Sundays. And it was just a beautiful way to live. And I, um, I love living on the beach and I love touring, but a little piece of my heart will always long for home. And that's kind of what this song is. So if
1: somebody would have told 15 year old Jesse Ritter, who is living there that someday you're going to be dividing your time between the Panhandle and Nashville, cause you're going to be this recording artist. What would the 15 year old Jesse have reacted
2: I probably would have screamed and jumped up and down (laughs) and grabbed my guitar to write a song about how excited I was immediately. Yeah, I mean, it's not what I thought the dream would look like exactly because you can never know what turns life is going to take. But I mean, it really is the dream.
1: So you did a really good job before of painting a picture for us of writing home that there was you with your new husband and, oh my gosh, this is the house I grew up in. I'm going to sit right now and I'm going to, through tears, I'm going to write this song. So Little Town in America, I mean, that one also sounds like a very natural song to come out of you. So when in that, was it the second song you wrote? Was it the last one? I mean, it sounds so, such a natural extension of who you are and what this album is.
2: Yeah, I think it came up somewhere in the middle of the writing process. Um, The first line is, I haven't seen a cotton field for months until today. So when does cotton bloom? Is that the fall?
1: Oh, you're asking the wrong guy. I know. So whenever the (laughs) cotton blooms, that's when
2: I was driving home, literally, in the car, looking at these cotton fields. And um, on my way back to Missouri for some reason, and I just started thinking about the lyrics, and I had part of the song. And then I took those ideas and I went to Nashville and I met with Pete Salas, another incredible writer. I met at the Pensacola Beach Songwriter Festival um, and I brought the ideas to him in his studio. And, you know, we just kind of hung out for two hours and tossed ideas around and the song eventually came out and it was a really easy write And, uh, yeah, I was just super proud of how it all came together and a lot of beautiful little specific things about my hometown and, uh, it's just super authentic. Yeah.
1: Okay. So let's do this. Those of you who are listening to this, and there's a lot of you because you're great supporters of Jesse, so when she posts about this interview on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, go and comment on her post and tell her when cotton blooms so that we can understand what time of year it is. And <laughs>
2: yes, please. I completely don't remember. Please be don't kind remember. to her. Don't,
1: don't say, come on, girl. You should know this. Okay, come please on, be fine. farm girl. Get, get with it. <laughs> Jesse, so wonderful to have you. Thank you for making time to do this. I really appreciate you coming to Now Hear This Entertainment.
2: Thank you. It's been a joy.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Folks, with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player, Jesse Ritter. Do visit her official website at jessieritter.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Once you land on her website, look for the shop section that I've mentioned where you can see the baby bodysuits, adult t-shirts, coffee mugs, flip-flops, tote bags, and most importantly, her original music. Plus, at the very bottom of jessieritter.com, utilize the logos, the links down there to engage with her on social media. I have liked her music page on Facebook, and I followed her on both Twitter and Instagram, and I know that she would appreciate you doing the same. Remember that she is also on not only YouTube, but TikTok as well. For that matter, tell Jesse you heard her and her music, I now hear this entertainment. The new album is called Little Town in America and is available on her website now, and it will be out on streaming platforms on November 18th. Follow Jesse on SoundCloud and Spotify, but purchase original music from her website or from iTunes. Keep up with her online so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live, as well as for when she announces the release of the music video for Wild Horses. I'm grateful to everyone who listens to this show each week. I've been saying this the last couple weeks, but I want to make sure that you have taken a minute out to do it, meaning hopefully you have already hit the follow button on whatever podcast app you listen to now hear this entertainment through There might actually be a couple out there still with subscribe instead of follow. Either way, it is free. That's why they're all changing it, because people thought that subscribe meant you had to pay to listen to podcasts. But if you're not sure if you have done so, take a minute to double-check that you are following, that you're subscribed, so that you don't miss any episodes, and you automatically get the newest episode each week. That's going to do it for episode 455. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Jesse Ritter. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Little Town in America.
0: I haven't seen a cotton field for months until today. I'd forgotten how those white caps fill the earth and how they sway. It's magic. Magic. Just around the corner train tracks by the park we all sat sharing andy's ice cream kicking back and counting cars laughing just laughing i've been gone chasing bigger dreams but i know Games. Mama says on the county line there's a place to sail that could be mine if it's time now to settle down in a little town in America. You'll never keep the dust out living on. Should it go, it's open It's time now to settle down town in america nothing to do but fall in love everybody knows your name from sunday school and baseball games mama down on the county line on that piece of land i'm making mine cause it's time now to settle down in a little town